Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. That's TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the best of the Jason Smith Show on Fox Sports Radio. The story of today is the story of earlier today, the story of last night, the story of the football season so far. Rosen just might do this at the 10. He fakes a spike. He now throws to the end zone. Twisting catch. Touchdown! 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 43 seconds to go. That's a Jets touchdown. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Wow, that was good. That was fast. UCLA Radio Network, Josh Lewin on the call. And I'll just tell you this, Mike Harmon, that UCLA comeback a day ago. You talk about a guy who has completely flipped the script. Coming into the college football season, it was, all right, the top three quarterbacks are Darnold, Josh Allen, and if he bounces back, it's Josh Rosen, right? It was always an if, but he was always in the conversation. In one day, he has vaulted to the top of the quarterback pecking order. Now I get it's one week, and we're going to look at the quarterbacks like Heisman voting. Which one is at the top? Because it's a great 
Very strong quarterback class this year. Well, sure. I mean, and, you don't even mention Lamar Jackson, right? Right. I mean, obviously Johnny there was the that Heisman. big story that went on early last week talking about race and getting into that. Forgetting the fact that he lost three games down the stretch. So he won the Heisman because he built such a big lead and been dominant for two months. But nearly 500 yards against Purdue. So he's he's in that discussion. But we, we talk about quarterbacks. That's going to be the dominant dominant story of this NFL and NCAA season of let's put jerseys on each one of those guys. And and that and that's why it's going to be fun. It's going to be like an extra thing we kick keep track of in addition to the Heisman rankings, who's on number one after yeah. this week. It'll be quarterbacks. And in one week where Darnold was meh and Allen was meh, Josh Rosen was bad and UCLA was bad. But for a guy who came into the, the season as someone who the questions are about character, What's he made up of? And not about his talent, because the guy, you watch him play, and he has the the exact same skill set of Carson Palmer, like a younger Carson Palmer, when Carson Palmer could actually run before the, you know, the, the bad knee injuries. That's the kind of skill set he has. That's the kind of strong arm he has. But it was always what what makes up the rest of him. He had a lot of problems. He's immature off the field. He's coming off a, a summer in which he gave a very uh, – poignant statement that got ripped to shreds about paying players in college football and it was a very it was very much up in the air for Rosen for this season in one game where he got his ass beat the entire first three quarters he was getting hit and hit and hit and I thought for sure when he got sacked the end of the second quarter and kind of limped off the field I said he's not coming out for the second half because UCLA is getting boat raced and that's it we're not going to see him when that's it but he comes out gets his ass beat for the third quarter, and then keeps flinging it, keeps flinging it, and suddenly everything breaks. And he's able to go up and down the field, got a couple of breaks on a couple of passes, one touchdown, one through a defensive player's hands, but gets him all the way down, throws a great – the fake spike pass was was only where his receiver could get it. Still questioning how that wasn't at least reviewed. In one – well, because it was such a great play, you would really ruin he's a kinda, lot of that. Uh, no, he had it. You saw the replays. He had it and came down with one kind of moving, yeah, moving the ball, still it. moving and having its issues. Dude, dude, come on. Josh Rosen's got to get to the Jets, all right? I got to get him to the I, Jets. I gotta well, get I just there. had to pause you, you for a there, second buddy. because we had long reviews on everything else. <laughs> and then that one was, ah, oh, touchdown. Because <laughs> it was such a great play. Get it out there. <laughs> yeah, That's we, a we Jets touchdown. Get we, that PAT. We had an eight-minute review for the uh, fourth down play that didn't get a first down for A&M coming no, up. No, but what was interesting out of that, though, was when I saw it live, I wasn't looking at his butt. I was watching where the ball and the elbow were, and his his elbow was on top of a leg. So calling it down there, I was like, well, no, that's not it. But then, obviously, you know, his <laughs> posterior was down before the ball got anywhere near the line. But at least warranted review, as did this touchdown, which got a, you know, cursory, yeah, okay. But now he has completely flipped that. And now he's someone who led his team and came back and didn't quit and stayed in it after it was tough. And all the off everything that dogged him for his entire career. He's a guy that had the hot tub in his room as a freshman and you know, the entire existence he's had at UCLA, Mora has kind of loved him but at arm's length and done some tough love with him. All the questions they're now gone after one game. Sometimes you can take one game and it, it completely flips how people perceive you. Does it help that it was really, you know, the only game? Yeah, we had West Virginia and Virginia Tech last night, but the thrilling end of that was everybody was watching. It helps that that's the only story and people talk about this because everybody saw it, but that changes the perception of Josh Rosen. It's so rare for a team to be able, and for a player to be able to do that in one game, and he did it. 
I mean, right now, if you if you had the draft tomorrow, you'd have to take Josh Rosen. Now, great, it's going to change every week, all the way a million times, but that's how we do it. That's how it is. Who was the best quarterback after week one? Who's the guy we're talking about? We're talking about Josh Rosen. Yeah, as we sit here in the Geico studios, we watch these games, and, and you look for those big moments and those player-defining career-defining, team-defining kind of moments. And the fact that you get one in week one of such this epic proportion, and and I know they kept talking about the Northwestern-Michigan State game from over a decade ago and, and the grandiose comeback that occurred there. So when we look at this game, you know, you're, you're looking at Josh Rosen, all those things you mentioned. If I had a nickel for every time I saw that hot tub picture on my <laughs> timeline over a three-hour period, I'd be a very wealthy man. Uh, might have hit like a mini lottery that way. But you saw the throws. You saw that he could make every throw because he had to. Sure, if defensive backs knew how to catch, they'd be wide receivers. It's the old rule of thumb to remember as you get into college football in particular. If they could catch, they'd be on the other side of the ball. So when you saw balls sailing through guys' hands or tip balls or things that should have been easy interceptions that weren't, just remember that. They can't catch. That's why they're on that side of the ball. So when we look at Josh Rosen for for Jim Mora, also just a massive sigh of relief, a guy who, based on that first three-quarters effort, look, those columns were written. They Jets were coming yo. out already. And now Josh Jets, Rosen saves them, and it all becomes about Texas white. A&M on the other side. I know. Green and white. I know. We'll do a mock-up. We'll make sure we do a mock-up of the I'm jersey. so excited. No, Tim, Tim, not about you, Tim. This is why I'm excited, because anytime a quarterback plays well Saturday, I can celebrate it because he could be playing for us next year. I get so excited. College You're going to be daydreaming on football. Sunday. You're not going to be able to Everybody do your job. Matter. You're going to be thinking about, oh, you Rosen, know, Rosen, this guy Rosen, was Rosen, playing Rosen, in his Rosen, Jets Rosen, jersey. Rosen, Rosen, be much Rosen, better. Rosen. Frozen. Forget about fold for Darnold. Frozen for Rosen. That's what we're doing now. All right. Let's get it going. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Joining us now on the hotline, a man who... Took time away from tweeting about baseball and very important things wait, to make wait. sure we Baseline's knew. Baseline's coming in. But we had to know just how good U2 was in concert. We got the official review from Fox Sports 1 MLB Network insider, John Paul Morosi. If you want to know how good U2 was, go on John Paul's timeline. He'll tell you. What's up, buddy? I'm I'm outstanding. Uh, Well done. uh, First of all, uh, I thought nobody actually reads my tweets. So that actually means a lot to me uh, that you guys read my tweet about the the concert last night, which was sensational, by the way. And uh, and, uh, so the, the tweet and the assertion that I made, I am actually pleased at the relatively low amount of, uh, of sort of, uh, maybe feedback that I've gotten in, in any sort of negative way from my fandom from you too, from the standpoint of saying, as I asserted, that I believe that taking all the consideration, I was born in 1982, so that this covers my lifetime, but that in my lifetime there has not been a more consistently brilliant and relevant and impactful rock band on the planet than you too. So I, I tweeted that effectively last night, and surprisingly few people are saying, Morosa, you're wrong for X and Y and Z. Like people, it seems to me, guys, that the, <laughs> the the lack of the lack of vitriol tells me that I'm actually right. So apparently, my my U two 
takes as a fan are more accurate than my <laughs> professional takes on baseball, which are supposed to be really well-reasoned and thoughtful. Uh, so maybe maybe I should actually change careers. You'll maybe- have to work on your pop culture hot take nonsense. No, no, no. Here, no, I get it now. You listen to the Top 40 Countdown on Sunday going, and before we get to number one, let's bring in John Paul Morosi, who is as accurate as anybody in talking about music. John Paul. And then you give, you know, you give a, a big take on music and then something very inside baseball. Like, and oh, by the way, don't forget, Ryan, you know, hey, don't forget J.D. Martinez, four home runs the other night. Goodbye, everybody. And that's right, how you finish it. Right, right. You kind of slip in there and say, uh, uh, maybe I'm saying uh, Larry Mullen Jr. was an outstanding soccer player back in his, uh, in his childhood there in Dublin. <laughs> there, there may be some kind of a, an angle there to take on that could bring sports together. But, uh, but yes, as you point out, as, as great as Bono was last night, and he was phenomenal. I think the uh, the, the rest uh, in the tour was great for him. Uh, so he came back last night. He was sensational, and uh, just as great tonight was J.D. Martinez, who, of course, as we see the Diamondbacks continuing to to perpetuate his winning streak here, we should point out now the Dodgers have fallen back to, I believe, only the second-best winning percentage for a Dodger franchise in the modern era. So that, that should be a useful parenthetical to all those Dodger fans deeply concerned right now, they are still pretty great, although on this night, not quite as great as J.D. Martinez, who, by the way, uh, I think is going to have himself a very nice payday this wintertime as a free agent. No, I'll give you a hot take, John Paul. Dodgers are done. Hot take, hot take. They're done. It's over. The uh, era of the Dodgers is over. Well, listen, if I I may, I'll I'll maybe interject here briefly and say this, (laughs) that that, uh, on that point, uh, fair to point out that the Dodgers, uh, if they obviously they're going to they'll finish with the best record in the, in the National League. We know that because they already, if they lost every single game for the balance of the season, they would still have more wins than five teams that made the playoffs last year. Again, just pointing it out. Uh, but they would potentially face in the first round of the playoffs the Arizona Diamondbacks, the very team that really, uh, really thumped them tonight at Dodger Stadium. And the way that it all went down, you've got J.D. Martinez starting uh, against a left-handed pitcher for the Dodgers in Rich Hill. And I think it's very instructive to point out the Diamondbacks have gotten so much better against lefty pitching since J.D. showed up. And, And that would make them... I'm not going to say a favorite if they play the Dodgers in the first round because that would not be the case. But they would be, I I agree with you, they would be a dangerous opponent because of how much better they've gotten against lefty pitching. Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith Show, coming to you from the Geico Studios on the hotline with us. MLB Network, Fox Sports Zone, John Paul Morosi. Follow him on Twitter at John Morosi, J-O-N-M-O-R. OSI. You can tell him all about your favorite Larry Mullen Jr. story uh, from his touring years and any background knowledge you wish to pass on. We can get that thread going in our own fanzine. Larry Mullen Jr. JP, what do you think? Our own fanzine? Adam Clayton story for you from 1986. Nah, he's overrated. It's all about Larry Mullen Jr. And actually, I will tell you this. Now, now, again, not to divert too far here, but someone actually responded to my tweet and said, the edge is overrated. That is not possible. How could anybody actually say that? That, that? that is not even a qualified take because that that is not a true statement in this dimension or any other. Those words have never been accurate in succession 
about anything the edge does, at least in my mind. So I, I would say that, uh, I, again, I, I am totally biased on this account. I am completely biased. I have abdicated any objectivity. I'm just telling you, the edge is very properly rated as quite possibly, again, in my lifetime, uh, maybe uh, one of the great rock and roll guitarists of all time. So uh, really quickly, Giancarlo Stanton is now 20 home runs away from the real home oh, run he's record. Oh, more overrated get than there? the edge. More overrated than the edge. But, okay, things that are not overrated. The Edge and John Carlos Stanton's power. And also on this night, J.D. Martinez's power. Okay. And I would point out on John Carlos Stanton, he's got 52 home runs, as you point out. So he is 10 shy, I would say, of, of setting what I would believe to be the authentic record. Uh, but uh, 20, can he get 20-plus to beat Barry Bonds? Probably not, but I do think certainly at this point in time a, uh, a very strong uh, strong bet uh, to surpass Mr. Maris there from 1961. You follow him on Twitter at John Morosi. That is at John Morosi and, and TJ. So, uh, he, I'm buying him a pair of those fly glasses. Actually, to the course of the segment, not only did I did I avail myself to be a completely, uh, a completely devoted U2 fan, but I have now potentially, after years of doing this program with you, changed my entrance music. My walk-up music is now different. Your walk-up music is different, but you have to post a picture of yourself for your Twitter avatar of you in Bono the Fly glasses. See, I was going to say for uh, Halloween he has to go as Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, guys, I, I do have some degree of rationality about me when it comes to baseball, but you two, I'm a fan. Well, what can I say? It's, uh, it, it's, uh, I, 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 could, I could detail it, but it actually would probably discredit me further, so I'll just leave it right there. All right. You got it, buddy. Have fun. We'll talk to you See you, soon. JP. Hey, guys, thank you. There goes John Palmerosi. Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Think about this for college football. One of the overwhelming topics from week one, the two teams played in two spotlight games, obviously Tennessee winning this game over Georgia Tech tonight, 42-41. Tennessee opened the season ranked 25th, and we watched Florida get completely dismantled by Michigan. If not for Wilton Spate throwing to Florida DBs, they would have scored three points, and Michigan wins that game 35-3, and it's, well, oh, my goodness. completely dominated that game exactly. from pillar to post, coast to coast. Michigan's defense is fast. I don't know how good they're going to be, but they're fast. They they replace their playmakers on offense. Spate's the big question mark, though, because every mistake he makes always results in points away from Michigan and points to the other team. He's going to be a roller coaster ride the entire season. But Florida comes into that game ranked 17th. They're going to drop a little bit. And now you have Tennessee at 25. This is where you should see the shine of the SEC is gone because every team in the SEC is not great. And it's not so much better than everybody else. Tennessee, Florida are JAG teams now. They are your JAG ranked 18 through 25 college football teams. They're not perennial national title contenders. They don't come into every season thinking we can win the national title. The SEC is full of more JAG teams than you think. In fact, if it wasn't for Alabama holding everybody up because Alabama goes to the national title game every year, they either win or they lose. If it's not for them, the SEC, their results, they are very ordinary. Very ordinary. What team coming in year in and year out can you say they're a national title contender besides Alabama? Nobody. 
Nobody. Now, sure. are there years when certainly LSU may have a year where they can get up there, but LSU's not what they were. You know, they finally had to move on a year ago. Texas A&M, we saw, oh, Texas A&M. No, Texas A&M, 0-1. Couldn't hold on to a, Can't finish. a 50-point lead at UCLA. Well, since they those first, are uh, well, the, teams. the playoff rankings of last year, what are they, 1-5 and five yeah, since those playoff rankings came up? The, the SEC has great athletes, don't get me wrong, but so many teams – don't have the great skill athletes even like they did five years ago. No, no great skill guys are coming out of Florida anymore like they did every single year. You know, skill guys, they just don't. You're still getting the linebackers and the linemen, the DBs, but you're not getting that. You're not getting the phenomenal offensive players like you did. It's a JAG conference. You take Alabama away, and I realize you're saying take the best team in the conference away, but Alabama really is what's holding up this tentpole of how great the SEC is. Too many teams struggle to score, or they have nights like tonight where they can't stop anybody. I mean, Tennessee couldn't stop Georgia Tech. Couldn't stop them. Couldn't stop Georgia Tech. Who is, this is not the Calvin Johnson Georgia Tech. This is not Scott Sisson Georgia Tech. This is, this is not the, that Georgia Tech's team of the, of the early 90s that was great. This is Georgia Tech. I mean, there are a lot of JAG teams, but the image of the SEC is so great. We think, oh, yeah, no, but look at all the top 25 teams I have. Well, you know, the Big Ten has about four or five top 25 teams. You know, the Pac-12 has got three or four top. Every, all the, of course, the top 25 teams are coming from the Power Five conferences. Right. But when you're ranked 15 through 25, you're pretty much interchangeable with teams 26 to 40. No, but that's it. It's like when we're doing tiering as fantasy football draft season comes to an end. All right, you got your guys that are at the top, your top three to five. Then you have that second tier, and then it's a muddled mess after that, depending on who you like and, and which team you're starting to project out a little bit on schedule or you know whether you're taking playoff schedule into account. Same thing here when we get into these preseason top 25s. It's just been the SEC has been so dominant in bowl games, and the national titles have, have just piled up through the years that – the perception, the recency bias stays there and teams. And as we see this all the time, right? We, we say it every year in terms of preseason rankings versus what becomes quote reality by the time we get to the end of September, beginning of October, where some of these pretenders slough off. Same thing here. You're going by reputation. You're going by what you've historically seen. So you're looking at a lot of these sec teams like, Oh, all right. These teams are all kind of the same. So you give the nod, to the one that that has to go fight the mighty Alabama when it's all said and done. So that that's where we're at, and we we see it change, right? I mean, how many years out of the last, I don't know, for as long as you've been looking at polls, did Notre Dame have a, a really over the top ranking because they were Notre Dame? I got to say Notre Dame. I got to say Notre right. Dame. No, but, but but how many times were they preseason top ten? Did they be- belong in the preseason top ten? Yeah. No, but. They were Notre Dame. So by tradition, they would get the benefit of the doubt that sometime around October, things would coalesce and suddenly they'd be on some tremendous run. And that just doesn't happen anymore. Same thing here. I think they, people start playing the schedule game and penciling in losses for, for teams that in other conferences, but the SEC, SEC is still getting propped up. They Look, you get the run of the BCS, right? BCS and on real fast. Mm-hmm. BCS and on. Early on, certainly, it was SEC heavy. You had Tennessee, and you had 
LSU, and then you would have Alabama getting in the mix. I mean, it was it was like that. I mean, that was the beginning of, of the of the BCS. Certainly, USC was there. Oklahoma was there a couple of times. But then you got into the the heavy rotation: Florida and LSU, and then Florida again, and then Alabama, and then Auburn. But you got to go back, and it's really just been Alabama the last five years. I mean, it's been Alabama, Alabama, no SEC team. Then it was Auburn, Alabama, Alabama. It, they're holding everything. Not that you can't have great teams, because like I said, every once in a while, could one SEC team have a great year and get there? Sure, Auburn has shown they could do it. LSU has shown they could do it. But year in and year out, these are, they're JAG teams. They're JAG periphery, you know, finished anywhere from 10th, 15th, 20th. That's where they are. I mean, they, not that they're not that it's awful, but you can't sit here and say, oh, my God, it's, all, it's so much better, it's so much better, because every year going in, there's only one team you could say, all right, they're in the playoff line. The Big Ten can say, hey, every year Ohio State's our playoff well, but, team. But they're that's, in every year. But that's the big argument that flows out, right? People will say, okay, the Big Ten is terrible, and they'll point to Illinois and Minnesota for a couple of years, Purdue and Northwestern for many years, you know, going back 20-plus. But the, the fact is you'd see the cannibalism and how tough it was to win on the road, and but it would just be, ah, it's mediocrity. They're beating up on each other. That happens in the SEC. It's, well, look at these hard-fought games. And, and part of it is maybe potentially the way it's televised, the way it's been pushed, and maybe that's a change. You see more uh, Big Ten games getting that massive exposure on a, on a Saturday afternoon or or even looking at, you know, with Fox's deal with them now, maybe maybe it changes the profile a little bit in terms of how they're, the perception of that second half, that middle tier and lower because the SEC has always gotten the benefit of the doubt. They're just beating up on each other. Maybe the other conferences will get that going forward. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. We talked about this, I want to say, six weeks ago when we filled it on the morning show on AM570, which, yeah. we do, which you and I do a lot. Sure. And... They had a series. The Dodgers had a series coming up against the Diamondbacks, and it was okay. Well, what are you what are you looking for in this series? Because the Dodgers clearly have everything clinched. And you say, well, you never want a team to think they can beat you. That they got you. You sure. never you you never want a team to think that no matter what your record is, yep. and no matter what my record is, that I can beat you. You never want that. And the Dodgers lost the first game of a three game set with Arizona. Then they won the next two. Okay, fine. But then you had the Diamondbacks now go and win a series over the Dodgers a week ago. And, yes, none of the Dodger pitchers who would be starting in the playoffs ostensibly pitched in that series. But still, you had Arizona beat them pretty bad. Fast starts, and they had their way with them, right? A lot of furious, ill-fated comeback attempts, but they jumped on those starters early. You saw the Dodgers lose three out of four to San Diego. Over the weekend, the only game they didn't lose, obviously, was when Clayton Kershaw pitched. And now tonight, you had J.D. Martinez clubbing four home runs and Robbie Ray pitching a no-hitter through five innings before giving up his first hit. What the Diamondbacks have done is now they are not scared of the Dodgers. No matter what happens, they are not scared of them. This is a pretty big deal. This doesn't mean the sky is falling for the Dodgers, but it means they have lost their air of invincibility when it comes to Arizona. Chicago, Washington, Colorado. Look, this is the way peaks and valleys go in Major League Baseball season. Teams win, they lose. It's fine for the Dodgers to lose now. It happens. You go through bad stretches. But 
to lose to the Diamondbacks like this, if they play in the playoffs, Diamondbacks coming in going, we can beat them. We're, we're just as confident with Granke and Ray going in games one and game two as the Dodgers are going with Kershaw and likely you Darvish. I mean, we're just, we feel just as good. And we match up pretty well. You've had Yasiel Puig saying earlier this year, the Diamondbacks, whatever it is, always seem to play the Dodgers tough. Trust me, the one team the Dodgers don't want to see in the playoffs are the Diamondbacks. They'd rather see the Cubs. They'd rather see the Nationals. They don't want to see the Diamondbacks. No, great offensive weaponry. You look at those starting pitches that are going to match up so well. They've only got two more games against each other in the regular season, so that'll get pushed aside and filed as we go through the final couple of weeks. Uh, one thing that must be noted out of this game tonight, Rich Hill did have a fantastic start in his six innings, and that's all you're looking for him. And then the bullpen imploded, and it just uh, became a conga line uh, around the bases as this game really got out of hand. But you, you look at what the Dodgers have done through the course of the season, they've had their way with the rest of Major League Baseball. The Diamondbacks, scrappy. They get, they've get they jumped on them early. As I said, that, that's been the hallmark on this team. This was the first time where – they, they had to wait to get into the bullpen before they started putting up runs. They'd, they'd been early early uh, offense and big-time home run power early in these other games. So tonight finishes 13-0, and, and certainly in Los Angeles, the last two weeks, not pretty. Because even before the losing began, the offense was sputtering a bit, right? And, and you started to have some issues. Bellinger went to the disabled list. For his 10-day DL stint, they were waiting on Kershaw to come back. And so a little bit of uncertainty. And when you've been dominant for the first four months of the season, a little bit of uncertainty, a little bit of chaos. I called it testing your playoff medal, at least at the beginning of the streak. Now you get to, all right, you got to snap out of this. And obviously getting away from Arizona is all fine and good. But they're going to be standing there at the finish line waving at you saying, all right, let's get after it. Hot take theater. Trust me. There's many teams, the Dodgers, they do not want to see the Diamondbacks because the Diamondbacks are in their head and the Diamondbacks know we can beat them. Well, the familiarity, they don't want right? to see. Well, we always talk about the unbalanced schedule. It breeds schedule. contempt. That is right. Way to finish off the phraseology. Thanks, TJ. Good. No, that's the point. Is that no. just when you look <laughs> I at... I more to go. Well, I can always <laughs> wax loquaciously. But, no, but, but look, but when you talk about teams in your division, you see each other, you know the, the manager and the tells and, and what they're going to do in terms of how they handle their bullpen, how they handle their, their switches and their defensive rotations and, and how they're going to go through in the later innings and, and try to match up as you get into your own bullpen. So when we, we talk about the number of games they've played against each other, I mean, you've seen every permutation of the squad. Now, obviously, you have September call-ups and, and get a little bit of change and variability there. But overall, we're, we're again, seeing – best on best and yes the rotational lineup differently should they meet in the playoffs but but certainly there there are no pushovers both at the plate and and on the mound and that's something when we look at some of the other teams that you'll face come playoff time right the Cubs Arietta we don't know how serious this hamstring injury is going to be and he'd been pitching lights out since the beginning of the second half of the season so that's one of potential ace that's gone there when when we look at other teams they have they don't have necessarily the same balance Arizona does. And so I think that's the one thing that will cause the Dodgers fits as you get closer to the playoffs and keeping an eye on what they're doing in terms of their advancement.
Now I'll give you the sunny side for the Dodgers. Please do. I'll give you the sunny side for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are 92 and 45. They got 25 games left. Now they know they're not catching the Seattle Mariners at 116. Whatever was out there was we're winning, we're we're winning all these games. We have a charmed life. They're winning games. They had no right winning. It was just happening for them. Down three runs in the sure. ninth. They were gonna find a way to beat the White Sox. Sorry, buddy, but it it's happened. okay, buddy. I, I watched that happen against every other team as well. The Dodgers were not unique in, yeah. in that capacity this season. Now, could you win 110 games if you get back to the pace you were at? Yeah, but that's not 116. It's not greatest of all time. It's not we want to set a record. If you're the Dodgers, now you're, okay, you can sit back and say, all right, if I'm Dave Roberts, this is what I tell the team. I go, listen, we've been scuffling. It happens. Okay, there's nothing we can do about anything that's happened so far. But realize now, don't worry about how many wins we're going to have. Don't worry about are we going to be 50 games over 500 because it's tough to not pay attention to that stuff when you're looking for superlatives because all you're doing is winning. Now we realize we're a fantastic team that's going to win the World Series, but we have to button things up, and we got to get back to playing as we were playing at before. We have to make sure our pitching is better. We have to make sure our offense gets out of it, and we're going to try some different things. But let's not worry about 116. Let's not worry about what kind of levels we can get to as a team because that's gone. That's completely gone. Well, the regular season doesn't matter. No, and if you can't can't break the record for for most wins all time, oh, well, we have the the National League record, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. You got a 10-game lead in the Nationals. That's you got to focus on. 10-game lead on them because you don't want them to catch you because then, depending what happens, the NLCS is, oh, wait a minute, we're not getting them all at our pace. So that's you want to worry about. But it's a 10-game lead. Don't look at the standings. Just go out and play. Play like we have been. We We have a great clubhouse. We have guys that are hitting all across the board. We'll get back to being that great team. Don't think anything else other than we have our game tomorrow and let's not get distracted because, look, it's easy. It's easy to be distracted when you've been playing great and you get people patting you on the back and what are you going to say? We keep winning every game. All right, now get back to baseball. All the other stuff goes away. Well, yeah, you got to hunker back down. I mean, this the regular season doesn't matter. And I saw a number of columns and reports this past week plus saying, no, this is historic and whatever happens, you know, this is a great season. Like, I don't know, not whatever happens. Tell that to the Dodger fans. Tell that to the Dodger players in the organization for what happened the last four years after winning the division. You don't win in October. It doesn't matter. Tell Clayton Kershaw that this was a great regular season. He'll throw you out. Your <laughs> press pass is going to be revoked, and if you ever look at him sideways again, you're done. I mean, that that's just the reality of it. They realize there are two different seasons being played here. And somehow you got to find a way to get back on track and, and navigate this thing so you're playing better baseball coming in. I mean, for now, it's a two-week blip, and it makes for great sky is falling radio. But this is, there's obviously some things that aren't a lot of runners left on base. Bullpen's been a bit shaky. You saw a couple of long balls tonight. So those are things you have to shore up. And, yes, you hope with the resetting of your rotation that it, it goes away. But there's no guarantees in this game. You see – Things turn on a dime all the time. For Dave Roberts, now it's time to get guys refocused and back at the task at hand, which is being ready for October. It's not about any nonsensical regular season, Mark, because you can keep those.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.